Well, Talking Point continues and uh, again I have some good guests joining us this evening and uh, people very well known within our community. Now we've started a new program, in fact it's a new segment of Talking Point called Journey to Hajj and that's with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and where we will explore the journey one will take not just physically but spiritually as well and I'm certain those of you who've been on Hajj sitting there well that's it it was very spiritual but it was also very physical now Hajj is best known as the fifth pillar of Islam and we all wish that we can embark on the journey at least once in our lifetime we say amen to that we politely ask Sheikh continue from last week well Sheikh, the Sheikh that's in the pro in in the studio. Yes, probably. Um, I wasn't here last week. At Sheikh Ibrahim Ibrahim. Sheikh, salamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Nice having you, and I need to say shukran for you know offering up your valuable time and to educate us as a community. Allahu akbar. Yeah, I just want to recap where you were last week, and then yes. I'm going to leave you. Barakallahu fiikum jazakallahu. Yes, shukran jazakallahu for that, Peter Jamil. Um, I think recapping the for the, for the sake of our community out there is an important factor. Allow me to start saying Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillah wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'd Rabbish rahli sadri wa yasid li amri wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu kawli Allahumma alimna bima yanfa'una wanfa'na bima alamtana warzukna ilman yadhal jalali wal ikram Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all our listeners out there <coughs> Alhamdulillah, thanks and praises to Allah till always and forever. We cannot thank Allah till enough for the favor that Allah has granted us to be of the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the other favor to be the people of Hidayah. Because everybody that is most, that is living today is of the Ummah of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Some of them is a believing Ummah and some of them is a non-believing Ummah. May Allah grant us of the believing Ummah, inshaAllah. Um, we, we dealt with the topic of the, the Hajj and, and, and I, we, we started off last week by having to speak about the meaning and the origin of, 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 of Hajj. Hajj. We then went to the ruling of Hajj and we, we, we didn't get to the end of that. And I suppose for this week, I would, I would just recap the processes. Remember, in the meaning, we spoke to you to be able to understand to do that ibadah for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, to go all the way to Mecca. And to be able to go and have that intimacy with your Lord Allah Ta'ala. And then the, we then took you to the origin of Hajj of having to be able to say, the origin of Hajj, where does it start? It started right from the beginning of mankind. And here the scholars get to come to, to speak to the difference of the opinion. Was the Kaaba built by Nabi Adam? Was it built by the Malaika? Or, or what, was, what was happening? There's difference of opinion on that. And then, was it first built by Nabi Ibrahim, or was Nabi Ibrahim the second rebuilding of the Kaaba? Now, these are the differences of the opinion on that, but that, that goes from the origin. Letting us understand that it is the origin of Hajj started from the very first group of people whom Allah sent to earth, from the time of Nabi Adam, Adam wasalam, right until the last Ummah, the Nabi Muhammad wasalam. So Hajj is nothing new to humanity. It has been always been something that humanity has given honor to. Then we looked, looked into the ruling of Hajj, and we then came to the process of understanding it is Allah's command when Allah mentions in the Holy Quran, that man owes Allah that job of performing the Hajj. 
Which means Allah has made it necessity on the neck of every humanity, everybody in humanity. And Allah says, وَلِلَّهِ عَلَى النَّاسِ For the sake of Allah, mankind owe Allah that hajj. So Allah makes the fart on everybody. And then in the other ayah, I, we mentioned to you, Allah says, وَأَتِمُّ الْحَجَّ وَالْعُمْرَةَ لِلَّهِ Allah says that the hajj and the umrah is of necessity, must be completed for the sake of Allah. The moment you start it, you need to complete it. We then went to the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we mentioned to you, where the Nabi said, Al-hajju marra faman zada fa huwa Hajj is once in our lifetime. You need to do it once only. It, it is not something that you can do or need to do every time. The Sahabi asked the Nabi, was it do it every year? The Nabi remained silent. Until after he says, if I had to respond to you, most probably you would not have been able to fulfill your responsibility. And then we ended off with the last hadith. And I, I think we need to just expound on this hadith this evening, inshallah. Where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned that when a child is mukallaf, or a person dies, not mukallaf, refers to death here, if a person dies and he did not make the intention for hajj, or he did not go for hajj, and he did not have the intention for hajj, then that person dies on kufr. Now people, um, we are busy having to put together the understanding of the ruling of hajj. The, the, the concept of many of us, or the concept conceptualization of hajj being fart on only people that can afford, is a total misconception. It is totally wrong. It is fart on every human being. It's fart on every Muslim. I've said this last week, it's fart on every rich man and every poor man. If you are poor, you need to be able to. Why? The hadith makes it very clear. It says, if you die the day and you didn't make intention to perform the hajj because you say, I'm not rich, and you didn't make effort to be able to want to perform the hajj, then you die on kufr. Ya Rabb, na'udhu billahi may Allah protect. Now, most probably, yeah, I would want to take the issue to a level deeper. And I've mentioned this last week when I said, imagine you have a son of 16 years old. And he's in an accident, he's died in an accident. But this child is 16 years old, because he's not 16, so what? Nothing upon him. Last year he started for the first year, two years ago, he started for the first time to become mukallaf. So how can Allah expect him to be able to do a journey, a journey of this nature? The essence is, you and I need, to, and I need to understand, when Allah has made it a fart on everyone that is mukallaf, it is because you and I as parents, when we hear the child, we need to know what is a fart on the, on the back of that child when he becomes mukallaf. So we need to nurture and prepare him to be able to become that man that he must become in society. Hajj is one of the things that makes a person a responsible person. Hajj develops a man. What of Hajj? The preparation for Hajj. Not Hajj in the action, the preparation. And thus Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, What a zawadu. See that you prepare yourselves in totality from the, from the moment go, you see that you prepare yourselves. Of the best of that preparation, see that you work towards the development of taqwa for the issue of hajj. Because hajj is what we call the final pillar amongst the pillars. And as final, it means it is that thing which you have started from the beginning to build onto finality, the highest level of taqwa. May Allah grant that to be within all of us. Amen. I'm going to ask you just on that note to hold your thought. Our guest here this evening, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, and Sheikh is conducting the program called Journey to Hajj. Sheikh will be back with us after this. Talking point.
Well, we continue our program, Journey to Hajj, with Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh, once more, over to you, sir. Shukran, Jazakallah, Jamil. I just want to, to recap the process on the ruling, Jamil, because, as I said, it is something that has been a concept in the past um, that we, we were given. It is something Hajj has to do with with Jekhaltet. Now, the only thing that I said is, and the word manistata doesn't mean that, right? So, but it is Allah who says, Walillahi ala nasi hajjul bayt. It is fart upon mankind to be able to do the hajj for the sake of Allah. And then we said to you, the Nabi says, Hajj is once, and we mentioned the hadith. Collectively, we look at this and we see, Hajj then is a fart. Like every other fart of the arkan of, of this deen, it is an equal fart, no less than any one of other. But if the, you don't have the money, remember, the money doesn't come from you. You've got to do the effort for everything else, the money comes from Allah Ta'ala. So when Allah sends that money, you mustn't then go and prepare, because Allah said to you already, see that you prepare yourselves. For when I send you the money, you should be prepared. Right? Ready. Ready. But you got to work towards give, having to have the money and when you deal and having to say you should get the money, you should not be wasteful. Because Allah will say to you, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, I gave you money. I g- didn't give you enough. No, I gave you over enough. You wasted it. You spent it in greed and in wants, not in needs. Because if you had to spend your money in needs, you would have seen that you have excessive. You weren't rich. You were extremely rich. I'm speaking to the poor person. Who think he doesn't have? I'm speaking to you and me, to Ekabati Yeti, right? Because many a times we will say, but I didn't have, I don't have, I didn't have money. No. If you look at the world that we are living in today, most probably we that claim we don't have, we have so much. We don't, we spend, example, how much do you spend when you smoke cigarettes? How much do you spend when you buy comics? How much do you spend if you drive around unnecessarily with your car? How much do you spend when you waste your time in sports and you've got to have this and that and the other? How much do you spend unnecessary? How much wastage isn't there? So yes, Allah's not going to look at those wastage of Al-Qiyamah. He's going to say, I gave you. You, the human being, was given the right to choose. So Allah says, you see that you prepare yourself financially. You also got to prepare yourselves. Which means that what you have, a portion of that you need to take one side. Now, if we go back into the ruling of when I said earlier about your son and your daughter, in the rearing of that child, then you need to make the child aware already before he becomes Mukallaf, he would know, my boy, you, on your responsibility in your life is to serve Allah. Hajj is a fart. That's besides the fact that you need to get married. That's besides the fact that you need to be able to responsible to be a, a husband, responsible to be a father, responsible to look after a house, responsible to be able to serve the community and the, the, the environment. All those are your responsibilities. You're not going to get away. But you, my son, must grow up with that. And my daughter, no less than that. Also, you need to know. So you, my son... When you become Mukallaf, you need to start to get into the process. And whether you learn, no matter what skill, 
You don't need to get to university only then to become a professor, to be able to earn. No, that is not education. Education, when we rear you, we nurture you with getting small and little things of skills in your life that you develop with, that becomes educational and that Allah sends barakah into your life of having to serve the community that you're in already from the age of being the beginning of mukallaf. Your participation there. But that also rears you to come to understand that life wants of you to be able to earn in a halal manner so that you can use it for the sake of Allah. And hajj is a fart, so you must be able to put money away from already that age. Now, if that has happened to you, then you've done preparation for hajj. So yes, brothers and sisters, the preparation for hajj is a necessity, it's a fart on every Muslim, and I repeat, on every rich Muslim, very, very rich, it's been fart upon you before you became mukallaf. From, I mean, from the moment you became mukallaf. And if you, for that matter, are not rich, it's equally fart upon you. When you prepare yourself, because we need to understand, what does Allah mean when Allah says prepare yourselves? The, the, the issue of hajj, what really is hajj? What really in concept is Hajj? Hajj in concept is preparation to meet your Lord on this dunya like you will meet Him Yawmal Qiyamah. You're meeting with Allah. That is Hajj. The, 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 the whole essence of Hajj is, like many people has in the past thought, Hajj is all about forgiving of sins. We've got it wrong. It's not. Surely not. The forgiving of sins is the gift that Allah gives to everybody as a fact. And Allah promises to everyone as a fact uh, and, and Buddha Jamil would understand when I say it is the pashala for the, of that day because it is the best commodity there is but it becomes a, the cheapest commodity on that day in, in, in the essence of Allah. No, I say cheap I don't mean cheap in, in value and quality it is nothing greater than forgiveness being when Allah forgive us we set free from the, the, the difficulties of our own weaknesses and faults mm. but it, it is so great Allah makes that commodity so cheap in the sense Allah forgive everybody to the extent everyone that's on Hajj that day that asks forgiveness on behalf of anybody else, they forgive, Allah forgives them as well. Those are all part of when, when we say the Pashala. The, but that is not the purpose of Hajj. The purpose of Hajj is to see that you work that Hajj to make it a Hajj that's Makbul and Mabrur. But the Hajj which is Makbul and Mabrur is a Hajj where you went to meet up with Allah, the intimacy with, with, with Allah, your recognition of the fact that I'm in Allah's company. Allah granted me this gift and Allah wants me to observe all the wonder and greatness of Allah. He brought me from my own homeland and He brought, brought me here in total safety. He allows me to enjoy all the luxuries that there is. He multiplies my barakah, my nur, my rah, everything on me. He gives me, he gives me abundance. I need to appreciate that. I need to recognize how fortunate I am and how much my Lord goes out of the way to serve me, to give me. And I do so little. I do almost nothing and He, he gives me in abundance. And that's what Allah wants for us. When I come to realize I'm here to meet up with my Lord, I come to recognize I will have to die the day. And if I die the day, I will meet Allah. Like when I perform Hajj, the essence of Hajj is the meeting with Allah Ta'ala. Ya Rabbi, may Allah grant that to all of our Hajj. And we come to recognize, and we see them in the ruling, the, the Hajj is fart. It is, there's no greater fart on every Muslim that we need to work with, like the fart of Hajj, like the Kalima Shahada, 
like the salah, like the zakah, and like the fasting of the month of Ramadan on every Muslim. So hajj is fard on each and every Muslim that is mukallaf. It is fard on everyone. Nobody is exempted. Absolutely nobody. Not the rich, not the poor, not the strong, not the healthy, not, not the weak. Everybody must make the effort. Amen. Amen. May Allah grant us to be of those people who put in the necessary effort so that Allah grant us that opportunity. Amen. Because Allah has given us the opportunity and Allah will grant us that hajj and grant us to become maghbul and mabrur for the effort that we put therein, inshaAllah. And may Allah grant us to be able to work towards that Amen. and be able to achieve that value and grant us to be able to see that for what our efforts is, Allah grants us to, see, to appreciate the values that comes back from our Lord. I mean, Sheikh, would I ask you again just to hold that thought there? I hate to do this, but got to do it. <laughs> and I'm certain that our listeners, I want to say to our listeners, if uh, just before I leave this evening, if you want copies of what uh, Sheikh is sharing with us this evening, I'll tell you how you go about that. But for now, we take a very short commercial break. Well, we continue with the program here this evening, Journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh, once more over to you, sir. Shukran za jameel, jazakallah khair, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our listeners again, once more. Dear people, after having to look at the ruling of Hajj, we're looking at the context of Hajj. Where does Hajj fit into our deen? Where does it fit in? Now, I don't think that's a difficult question. And I don't think many of our people n- don't know that many of us do know it. That the answer is the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Islam, the deen of Islam is built on five pillars. Shahadatu an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad al-Rasulullah wa iqami salah wa ita'i zakah wa sawmi ramadan wa hajjil bayti man istata'a ilayhi sabila. So we see that in the context, waar fit het in, en wat die positie, as ons nou bezig is met een puzzle bereis, na waar fit die stukje puzzle in, die wat ons weet, where does this fit in? If I probably will have to speak about the context in another way, I would like to mention to you, if we are reading a book, and you start and you say, let's read the last chapter of that book, will you understand what the information, what the message is of that book? You will miss it by far. Now that is exactly where Hajj is in the context. It is the last chapter in the book. There is four other chapters that must be completed. And if you have read, one of those chapters hasn't been read, you will totally misunderstand the message of this book. You will be misconstrued. You will misconstrue the message and you will totally misunderstand. Jy gaan nie verstaan wat aangaan nie. Precies dis waar Hajj invit in ons deen in. So what I want to say is nobody is supposed to perform Hajj immediately when a Muslim khawadati. And that just takes us back to remember when we dealt with the ruling we mentioned to you that when Allah made it fart, difference of the opinions of the ulama, some of, some of them said it became fart in the sixth year of the Hijrah and others said it became fart in the tenth year of the Hijrah. And they all use their different opinions. My opinion is, I'm sorry that I'm going to put you to say to me, like, I'm, I'm not even a worthy scholar. I'm a weak slave of Allah Ta'ala. But my opinion is, it happened in the sixth year. And the reason why I say that, because of the, what, what the scholars are saying when they say, 
Allah has made it fard in the sixth year and showed us to teach us that via the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa even though it became fard in the sixth year of the hijrah, the Nabi only performed it because it must be a process for man to develop in his life and Allah has only made it fard for once in their life. So for that once they must work to maximize the value and quality and put in so much in that preparation so that they get, some say, at muddy gold with value we see. And what the mandak say, platinum. Platinum. The highest level, right? Choice is too weak. It mustn't be choice. It must just be super choice. <laughs> so yes, Allah wants us to be able to come up with the very, very best level. And this is where the context of Hajj comes into, into, into play. That it is the last pillar. But everything else must be of such a nature that it nurtured the process for Hajj to become an easy process that we can fulfill it in its proper sense. We then also see the necessity of the preparation cannot be a one week, one day, one month, or even a year preparation. If you are of the people who wants to go this year for Hajj, but even no Easter near, no Easter in the summer school has it, you are going to make a decent mess of the position. Sorry for that one. I'm sorry that I'm so being so harsh. But I'm sure you're going to make a decent mess of the position. You are not responsible. You are not educated. You are very far from prepared. You are ill-prepared. Totally ill-prepared. You must be prepared Eilam voor te bereiven, your knowledge of this deen, your character moet opgebouwd worden, your, your iman moet opgebouwd worden, your spiritual development opgebouwd worden. There's such a lot of development that you need because Hajj enhances all that. It is, you become the holistic Muslim, the full complete package, the finale product van your Muslim, the highest level of Islam. That is what Hajj wants of us. So, you need to become a person whose mindset is a Muslim, totally Islamic mindset. That which Allah and His Rasul wants for me. I cannot want my own wants and desires nor any lever as I will hajni. I must have grown to the level where I can discard and remove and identify the weaknesses and the faults and the errors of myself and take it out of, of, of my life. And work towards the development of myself. Recognize what I don't know. That I am still very, very weak in the knowledge of my deen. And I need to understand this deen. The implementation and submission to Allah must be there long before. Which is part of my spiritual process. That commitment to be able to be intimate with my Lord from a, year, from a young person. And to develop with that must become a necessity. And that builds the process to see that this final pillar must be able to be a pillar that I work to find successes when I go with for my first time, as if I will not be granted and a second time thereafter. Allah khair and for some Amen. And so as we, as we see, it is the last pillar, and we say to you, Allah wants the holistic person, the holistic Muslim. You must be a full, full Muslim before you come for Hajj, so that you can get... Uh, and th- thus, we need to be able to look at how do I build myself to get to that level? And then, as I said, if this is the last, the last chapter in the book, you cannot start to read this chapter and say, "I have no summa, they have me Muslim maki, I have to be Muslim maki, they have to, they have to understand what Islam is. 
Und auch die Arkan von Islam hat fünf Arkan. Und alle ist die separierte Arkani. Also so die Puzzle, was ich, so die Lossepstücke von die Puzzle, das Fünfstücke von die Puzzle, ich kann nicht als Einstück eintersehen, ich nicht die Puzzle von die Puzzle nicht, dann ist ich ein Muslim, ich ist nicht Muslim, ich bin nicht Muslim, ich bin Islam. Ich bin only Muslim and a Muslim, truly Muslim, when all five puzzle parts of the puzzle is collectively together in one. Not separated, nicht in Lehen, in Lehen, Und es in, dann ist die Puzzle voll. Dann ist die Islam voll in die, voll in die Art. Und dann kann man come and interact and live as a Muslim, to be able to get the quality and value. Now, as we said, if we look at the, all, the, the whole context there, and we see it in whole, we see then that the very first uh, rukun of the arkan of Islam is the kalima shahada. Now, people, uh, the most important kalima, the most important rukun of the arkan of Islam is the kalima shahada. The most important, more important than everything else, not your salah, not your zakah, not your fasting, not your hajj. If there's any weaknesses in the kalima shahada, it means everything else is absolutely weak. It is what I call the cradle wherein everything is protected. It is what I would call the, the foundation of the whole structure, where everything is dependent on. Everything is on there. This is what our Nabi describes to us. That there's five pillars and every pillar carries a weight, a specific weight. There's one pillar that, that is in charge of it all where everyone is dependent and relying on. It is the fund, foundation, fundamental process, which is our Kalima Shahada. The Kalima Shahada, brothers and sisters, has got two fundamental messages. Now you and I know the Kalima Shahada consists of two phrases only. But is, it is our mis misconception that we think it is two phrases in word only. No. In word it is two phrases. But in its understanding and implementation into life, it is something that is with our life 24-7. Not one split second of our life is it possible for me and you to live without that Kalima Shahada. So we need to understand this. It is 24-7, there's not one split second of our life without it. If we want to be Muslim, may Allah grant us to be Muslim. Amen. Right? So the first part of this Kalima Shahada speaks about the understanding of who Allah is. And these words of testimony that I carry, that I testify and I take the personal testification to this. The word Ashhadu in the Arabic language, every one of you and me who says that words Ashhadu, you take a Oath on your own self by saying, I, by my own self, I be testimony with knowledge and understanding. I claim that nobody is worthy of worship except Allah. But Allah says, you cannot do that claim without understanding me. Allah says that in the Quran. That it can only happen that when you want to make that claim, you must have the knowledge. Ja, ik weet, ik heb het gezegd ook de eerste keer gewist dat misschien amper nog niet twee jaar oud is. Terwijl ik mijn mama zei van mij, Ashadu, en dan zei ik, Allah, Ilaha, Ilaha, you remember? Ik, ik is wel zeker jullie allemaal relate naar dat. We can all relate to that. If you can't remember yourself, think about your brothers and sisters younger than you. Think of everybody else around you. You said it in the same way. But that was the moment that they wanted us to start to get ready. But that Ashadu did not mean there anything to you. 
And it is not supposed to end there in your life. This Kalima Shahada, this with Ashadu, should have developed with you through your total life. And even if you become the, the age of 999 years old, there shouldn't be an end to this Ashadu. It should become effective and develop. Because this Ashadu takes you to the process of who Allah is. There's nobody greater than Allah. For everything in the life of a Muslim is Allah. Allah is our full first. And that's why our Kalima Shahada says was, I testify. Now remember, brothers and sisters, this Kalima, Kalima to Shahada, comes from the, the words, La ilaha illallah. The greatest words that there is. The greatest words in the whole universe. The greatest phrase that when it goes to the wind, it, 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 it trembles its effect to up to the greatest level in this universe. There's no words in this universe as powerful as La ilaha illallah. But when this words la ilaha, this powerful words is now taken by me and you, we take ownership and we say, Ashadu, I testify to this statement. This is a statement of itself. I say, there is none worthy of worship except Allah. That is a statement by itself. La ilaha illallah. But I take ownership of the statement when I say, Ashadu, I testify, I claim this mine. I claim it's mine. I claim it's mine. And as I said earlier on, it should happen on the basis of knowledge. Which means, when my mommy and my daddy taught me that when I was young, I was supposed to be taught that day after day, after week, after month, after year, every uh, uh, um, uh, uh, 10 years or 100 years, no matter how many years passes by in my life, I should have been reminded of the development of my Karima Shahada because I say, as I say, everything in my total life brings me back to be able to realize as a Muslim is my submission to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Rabb, Allah was Muslim in So people, the understanding of the context Vahfat Hajj an, the eerste deal from the Hajj, Hajj to mark, as the, as the, the kalima shahada, ni a kalima shahada is what's solid and firm as in your lachamni and in your life leaveni. And if you do not love that and if you don't understand that, then you will not make a hajj. And this comes through in the words of the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa very strong. But I'm not at that point now, later on we'll deal with that. The issue is letting us understand when we speak about this first Rukun people, it is the most important factor. Let us look at, I say to you first of all, the, the issue of testifying, a very personal, personal, when you say ashadu, you speak for yourself. You take personal, you say ek alin, take this responsibility. Now when we look at the, 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 the phrase that says, la ilaha illallah, that phrase starts with denial. In Islam, to be a Muslim, the first factor that you and I do, we deny first. Before we actually confirm Allah to be our Lord, we deny everything and anything other not ever being right to, or doesn't deserve the right to be worshipped. And we give that position of worshipping to Allah and Allah alone. So to be able, we don't say Allah is our Rabb, we don't say Allah is one. That is not what the Kalima Shahada says. The Kalima says we deny that there exists anything else in this whole universe that deserves the right to be worshipped. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. I testify to the fact that nothing and nobody ever will have the right to be worshipped other than Allah. Nobody other, none other has the power and the right to be worshipped except Allah and Allah alone. 
And this is what Al-Kalima Shahada says, right? But before I take the, I need to understand that it comes from the word La ilaha illallah. I deny the fact that there is something that can be worshipped and only Allah can be worshipped then. And as we say, that denial is denial in totality. We reject the right of worshipping to the whole universe, to anything and everything in whatever we know, whether it's tangible or not tangible, whether it's known to us or not known to us. We draw everything in the whole creation in together and we say none of them ever has the power and the right to be worshipped. The right of worshipping belongs to Allah alone. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Sheikh, no. just, I don't want to, the, uh, we've got two minutes left before we break for the waqt of Maghrib. Okay, barakallah, if you can just So you want me to just com- complete? Okay. People, just the word, the word ilah, it is a very important word for us to understand. Remember in the words, the, the words, la ilaha, that word ilah, that word ilah means somebody that's a deity. Somebody that's a God, so to say. Somebody that can be worshipped. Now, in its true sense, we've just denied that there's such a thing as a deity worthy of being worshipped. The word ilah means somebody that's a deity worthy of worship. As somebody that's a, 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 a God or a, 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 some, something that has, can, has the right to be worshipped. Now, the, we used to say the word ilah is an important word for us to understand that that, that that thing is worthy of worship. It's not possible. In the life of a Muslim, we only worship Allah. And may Allah grant us to be able to come to recognize the levels. And that inshallah, with next week, we hope to be able to see how far can we come to the end of this, our first part of the Karima Shahada, so that we can move on to the other essence to get to the, essence, the, the bigger picture of Hajj, inshallah. Beautiful. I must say this, Sheikh. <coughs> and, uh, you know, when we, Hajj, when you talk about Hajj with such a lot of passion, and, and rightfully so, and I think we've almost lost the message out there, the importance <laughs> of Hajj. And Hajj isn't just a uh, rukun that we should prepare for in three months before I lo- go on Hajj. And I think I, I hope that message has been driven home this evening. I need to say shukran very much. I know it's a sacrifice driving up and down, but we really appreciate it. May Allah richly reward you for the efforts that you put in. May Allah accept from all of us, inshallah. I mean, especially to our alims who guide us as a community. Shukran to Allah. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings and grant us khair and barakah for all of us, inshallah. Amin, amin, amin. Shukran and I say to you, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you.